What up, though? Welcome to the Fat Boy MMA Podcast, where we talk about everything combat sports, but mainly MMA. If you want to hear a couple regular MMA fans talk about MMA history, notable fighters, up-and-coming fighters, and everything in between, then this is the podcast for you. Now, I should warn you, we're not professionals, but we are big fans of combat sports. Now, if that sits good with you, grab a beverage, sit back, relax, and let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Fat Boy MMA podcast. I am your host, DC. And of course, I got my co-host here with me, Locke. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And we also have a special guest in the building. We have a returning guest. This is his second time on. Uh, really liked everything when he was on the last one, but I know he's very much into wrestling, grappling, everything like that. So I had to have him back on for this particular episode. So we have Tyler in the building. What's going on, guys? So for this episode, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about wrestling in particular, something I will bring up later. Uh, you know, we just recently had the Francis Ngano, uh heavyweight championship. And, you know, he put on a bit of display in wrestling. And uh, I thought about it and I said, you know, wrestling really seems to have a bit of a ebb and flow up and down type of thing within MMA. And it's a little weird to me because it seems like it's one of those things that I haven't seen an era of MMA where wrestling shouldn't be dominant in most cases, but yet and still we kind of see a up and down, up and down. So, of course, I reached out to Locke and had him reach out to Tyler, uh, you know, to talk about this. So I actually want to start it off with a question first, and then we'll kind of let the conversation go wherever it goes. But um, in, MMA, in MMA today, so many fighters, particularly fighters out of the U.S., actually start off MMA with a wrestling base, but yet and still, for some reason, most of those fighters, especially once they get to a UFC level, a Bellator level or something like that, all of a sudden they stop using their wrestling. It's almost like they didn't have a wrestling background. Uh, I would say a prime example of that was Tyron Woodley, uh, you know, big time wrestling background. And then you pretty much never seen his wrestling, especially once he became champion. And so I want to throw that out there to you all. You know, why do you think so many people that have a wrestling background, but yet don't actually use it in an MMA fight? I think like, like Woodley or like Justin Gaethje, like Justin Gaethje's a really good wrestler too, but yep. I think it's like, they just know that they have it in their back pocket. And like some of those guys, like, like those two, they're heavy hitters, so they, they really, I think that's their, like, main goal is to just try to smash you, but, mm-hmm. like, like, Gaethje's a good, the, shit, really, the only time I've even seen him wrestle was when he got dominated by Khabib on the ground, so that you didn't really get to see nothing right there, but uh, when he fought Chandler, Chandler got a nice little takedown on him, and he made, he made it to, like, a real good scramble, so it didn't hit. Like, nothing came out of it. They both just ended up back on their feet. But I feel like it's something that, like, they just keep in their back pocket. I don't know. Because sometimes it is annoying to me to watch. Because I know, like, I don't know. A lot of those guys, Usman, Usman doesn't really wrestle too much. He's more like, I mean, he does a little bit. But not. I don't know. 
I don't know. It's weird. I think Usman's Usman's definitely gone away from it the longer he's been the champion because he uh, he grappled up Woodley to take the belt. I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure, and, and manhandled him. Um, I, I think there's a couple a couple things. I think one reason that you get like Matt Hughes was a good example. If you remember, for a while he decided he was going to be a boxer and stop <laughs> using his wrestling and stuff to to little avail. It did not go well. Um, but I think it's kind of one of those things where, you know, like all the athletes want to be the rappers, but all the rappers want to be athletes. Yep. You know, all these wrestlers, they spent their life in a wrestling room on the mats and then they go to these MMA classes and they pick stuff up well because they're smart guys and they're physically adept and they have a skill set. So they pick up the boxing quick and all of a sudden they feel like. Oh, I want to be a boxer. I can do this too. And they don't realize the difference in being pretty good versus a guy that's a skilled boxer. Just like you can't replace the mat time in wrestling, you can't, you know, replace that ring time in, in boxing either. So I think that's part of it. But then I also think there's something to it where with DC's inherent bias against wrestling, he doesn't always see <laughs> the the full aspect of what wrestling is. And wrestling isn't just Tito Ortiz power double to elbows. Of course you know? it is. That is exactly what wrestling is. <laughs> Gaethje uses his wrestling the same way Chuck Liddell uses, used his D1 wrestling to control where the fight takes place. So, yeah, Gaethje doesn't wrestle until he's lighting you up and you try and shoot some stuff. City, shitty shot and you can't train wrestle any wizards out of it and then that's that's wrestling that's mat time and he's just using his wrestling in a different way i, I think both of you so it, it's all wrestling all the time <laughs> you just have to watch it better i think both of you be- fellas make uh really good points this is the thing or this is the issue lot with your point with gatesy's wrestling being so good to the way that it is right and if actually, let's take Chuck Liddell because I know that's your guy. Chuck Liddell's wrestling been so good, so good. You know, even we saw what he did in the second and third Randy Couture fights. Right? You got a little. You know, Randy was probably the you know top MMA wrestler in the sport at that time. That you know really transitioned over to MMA. And Probably a Mount Rushmore all time. Absolutely. Of, of wrestling. And, um, you know, the first time I think he caught Chuck a little bit by surprise, you know, him being relentless and then also coming down from heavyweight being strong. And then, you know, the next two fights, we know how those went, right? But if we take that same Chuck Liddell that wants to stand and bang and wants to use his wrestling stand to stand up, Especially when we look at what happened later in his career, how much bigger of a threat would his striking be had he actually used some of his wrestling like GSP did to actually take people down and make them hesitate on certain things. So now the striking is so much more effective, i.e. what Khabib did to Connor. Khabib doesn't land that shot that drops Connor if he's not Khabib the wrestler. I would say the same exact thing with a person like Gaethje. So if you have that, why not use it in a more offensive manner, understanding that it'll make your striking better and less predictable? Yeah, like resorting to like, like takedown, like if you, yeah, like if you can wrestle, like if you have good takedown, especially in a fight, like it's so hard to, 
it's hard to take a good wrestler down when you're wrestling. So like you're constantly like real close to you're touching each other the whole time. You know, you're always within arm's reach. So like definitely in a fight, like if you're trying to, you're far, you know, trying to take someone down who's got good wrestling. That's like, like you said with Gaethje, like I couldn't imagine trying to shoot a takedown on him from, from you outside know, like the pocket. Yeah, like that's just not gonna really happen unless you mm. unless you can match that and it's yeah, take I don't know, takedown defense can definitely control a fight for sure. But and it also does give you that dual threat. Like Khabib definitely would not be able to land any I mean he can land some heavy shots, but he's not doing the damage like when he dropped McGregor, he's not landing those shots if that constant threat of that takedown is not there. That definitely changes it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He never, Khabib never drops Connor with overhand right if it's a boxing match. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Connor's just going to pick him apart. Yes. But when you have to defend, you know, that possibility, it definitely opens some stuff up. And, you know, when you're talking about Chuck, that would be something that would actually fit his style very well, too. You know, he fights with, you know, the big overhand right. You could fake a, you know, fake a shot or anything like that to get the hands down a little bit and land it. Um, but I think a thing that some of the reason, like some of them might go into this different style of fighting once they get to MMA is some of these people might have just kind of ended up in wrestling by choice because we are still at a time frame where not all of these guys always had MMA as an option. So now right. most little kids can get into MMA at, at a young age. But the guys we're still seeing fighting now, a lot of times as they were growing up, it was just, you know, you got a, a karate class at the YMCA or, or, you know, a karate class over here, like PKSA or maybe boxing at this little gym or the wrestling team. So a lot of them just ended up in wrestling because that was one of the only options and they were pretty good at it. So they end up wrestling. And then... You know, they want to use their other skill sets. Now, the two, Gaethje and Chuck, they're a good example in that they both use the wrestling to keep the fight standing. The difference is with Chuck, it at least makes a little bit of sense because he also spent a ton of time kickboxing and, you know, doing Kenpo karate. I gouge. Yeah, you know, the thumb thumb gouge (laughs) and shit. So when... When you're set up to your specialty move is the big thumb in the eye, you can't do... Well, you can do that from a wrestling position, too. So I guess you can do it either way. <laughs> um, but he at least had a legit striking background that would make you say that's why he wants to use his wrestling to stand up. Gaethje didn't do any of that. All of his striking, he picked up after go- going to MMA post-wrestling. Yeah, no, no, definitely a good point. And, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm always looking at the landscape and whatever seems to be the biggest void, especially in your division, when you add it in, people just aren't ready for it. It really takes you to another level. And then when people come to fight you, they have to be prepared for it. So, you know, I kind of mentioned, for instance, Igano, you know, and I'm not sure if both of you gentlemen had a chance to check out that fight or not, but he lost the first two rounds on everybody's scorecard. And I remember texting somebody and saying, hey, he has to win this third round. Like It's not a choice. He has to win this third round. 
and then he goes out, and it's all wrestling. And don't get me wrong, I thought it was beautiful personally, but once he got to the ground, it wasn't a it wasn't a lot of activity. But also mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, he just lost a fight two years ago, you know, or so, uh, maybe four years ago, whatever was his first fight with uh or three years ago whenever was his first fight with uh with uh, stipe. uh yeah stipe you know he just lost it based on wrestling we know he pretty much had nothing no takedown defense no anything he was launching gone through the air you know high crotch you know all types of stuff and it was like to me that display was amazing especially knowing he's newer to it but then also looking at the heavyweight division and how big of an asset that is. The only person I know right now in the heavyweight division that really does a lot of um, a lot of wrestling like that is uh, shoot, what is his name? I should have looked it up. Engano beat him twice. Engano uh, gave him his first loss. Curtis Blades. Cur- Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades in the heavyweight division mixes up wrestling. And striking very well. And I don't think that he's by far the biggest puncher or anything. But he's lost to, I believe, only two guys. Curtis Blades and like one other person, right? But when you look at that and the way that he mixes it up, the problem is when it's standing, he doesn't have Engano strength or striking, right? But now if you take Engano and you keep developing him and give him Curtis Blades wrestling, I mean, how many do you really need? How many did GSP get back in the day? One around? That is enough to make a person hesitate for a second for your striking to really go to the next level just because of their slight hesitation of your takedown. And it's enough to turn around, around, especially if you get it at the middle or, or the end of the round. So I really just don't understand why more guys that already have it in their back pocket don't use it. And then the issue is, um, and this touches on something that you said, Tyler, I do think a lot of these guys will still have it in their back pocket. The problem is when you wait so long to use it, it's no longer an instinct, right? It's better to have that and mix it in early on. Once again, I think GSP is a great example of that. I think, uh, uh, you know, Daniel Cormier is a great example of that. Um, you know, I think uh, Randy Couture was a great example of that, right? Where that threat was always there and it definitely helped their stand-up. You look at that last DC and Stipe fight, he pretty much didn't threaten them with wrestling at all. It was a kickboxing match and he did not win, <laughs> right? You you transition that over and you make it, you mix in that wrestling a bit more, which is, you know, what people like me that was going for DC was looking for. and Without that, you don't beat Stipe. You know, Stipe is no slouch, <laughs> you know? Not not if you're DC. You don't beat Stipe without the threat of wrestling. Well, they're they're both good on their feet, but Stipe is significantly better. And they're both very good wrestlers, but DC's Olympic class versus D1. Right. You know, D1 wrestler is good, but Olympic's a whole different level from that. And... In the the last fight, the third Stipe fight, Cormier easily could have won that fight 
And the problem was he started winning a stand-up. And he's probably the best example all time of what you asked originally, which is the wrestlers choosing not to wrestle for some reason. Yes. He was beating the shit out of... Well, maybe not beating the shit out of but he had a really good shot to win that fight. No problem. And blew it because he got cocky with the stand-up and opted not to wrestle at all. If he could have yep. mixed it in a little bit, he probably wins that third Stipe fight. I seen... Uh... Like the uh, just a couple days after the Nganu and uh Gan fight, uh, Curtis Blades on Instagram called out Gan because he like Nganu that's hilarious. <laughs> like, he was like, It's so this is the only fight to make right now, and I was like, Oh, that's weird. Well, uh, now that he's seen the blueprint, like, he knows how he he's an all American, you know, he's got the fucking little all American tattoo guy to prove it and shit. Um, he seen Nganu wrestle up Gon and said, well, shit, I could, <laughs> right. I could definitely <laughs> wrestle better than that. But what I think is crazy about that Ngano Gon fight is yes. Um, Nganu did some good things, especially knowing that he's not a wrestler. The more scary thing is. We seen how physically imposing his punching power was with no technical skill. You know, with very little technical skill, he like video gamed, uh, uppercut it over him in Detroit and shit. Mm-hmm. We was all there. That was, that was yeah, fucking that was crazy. Dope. And that was like a freakish show of power, like not super technical stand up, but just a show of power. I think he did that exact thing with wrestling, too, where he showed, yeah, maybe I'm not a great wrestler. Maybe this ain't the way you do it technically. But, you know, sometimes horsepower beats technique. And Nganu, he's got some horsepower for sure. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that's the thing about it, When going back to your point, Locke, on a lot of these guys that kind of are athletes and you, you kind of end up where you end up based on growing up in a certain area your parent want you to play a certain sport or whatever else but when you're a true athlete a lot of these other things you can pick up fairly quickly right so um you know him going over to extreme couture was big him bringing Usman into his camp um you know I think was big on the wrestling a lot of that stuff that I think really helped and to your point I was excited especially for what I saw in that fight. Once again, not because I thought it was the best display of wrestling, but one, understanding where he was at, understanding where he came to. And like you said, I still don't think all the technical side is there, but that's absolutely scary. And what happened that's funny, the the week of the fight, I'm not exactly sure when it happened, but the week of the fight, you know, when they're all in the hotel and everything, him and DC are in one of the rooms where they have to check in. You know how they always have that big carpeted conference room mm-hmm. type thing they have to check in. And they're playing around. And DC's playing with them and drops down really quick. Like they're just playing around. They're not mm-hmm. wrestling or anything. And DC just drops really quick for like a double leg. And Francis drops, gets low, and like get the underhooks and bring him up. And DC just got, he's like, oh man, that's scary. Oh, that you got, oh, that's scary. So just imagine when you, somebody like DC, and I would have said that DC would have beat 
Francis back when DC was fighting because of the wrestling and we see what he can do to a lot of guys like that. You give Francis that takedown defense, and especially if he can get some takedowns in that fight himself, he breaks Daniel Cormier in that fight, in my opinion. I, I think he breaks everybody. I mean, you see the Stipe fight when Stipe has to stand with him. It's not good. He can yeah. he can stand with him long enough to set up some wrestling, but every every moment that you're on your feet with Ngannou is like swimming with sharks. You know, you're with just, blood you're just waiting on to your, get hurt with blood on yeah. you. <laughs> he's waiting to get lit up. Because that's really underhooks is pretty much all you need to like if you can like in a fight if someone's shooting if you can they can't shoot if you can just. Get get an underhook, get two underhooks. You can just keep that right back up to the feet, you know. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably why sometimes almost no wrestling can be easier to coach than some wrestling because, like, you could take Ngannou and you just really got to show him underhook, sprawl, and a wizard, and that's yeah. it, you know. That's and the it. rest of it just just shoot from the hip. But if you could just do those, you know, start with a blank canvas and work on those three things. That can be scary. Yeah, I definitely think it can. And the thing about it, that is that is the Stipe, the second Stipe fight. But how much scarier is the Gon fight when you actually mix in offensive wrestling with it? Once again, he loses his title if he doesn't have that. As a matter of fact, you know, it came out later and he talked about it. He ended up uh, tearing his ACL and his MCL. And... Mm-hmm. Imagine that camp had he not done any wrestling or hadn't been growing in wrestling before that. He's fighting a a, a kickboxer that rivals him in size, but that's way better in footwork and agility, right? And he loses the first two rounds. If he doesn't have that wrestling in his back pocket, he loses that fight. Dana White goes on a media campaign saying that he was never good and he sucks. And tries to lower his stock as much as possible. He has no negotiation room with the UFC, right? Or you know, possibly a fight with uh with uh with Tyson Fury, which I don't want to see. By, by by the way, he's not that caliber of boxer. That's a bad I not, call. Yeah, I do not want to see that. But um, especially somebody that's as long as Tyson Fury. Yeah. He, yes. He would just box him at range. Yeah. He's go, he's gonna to punch death. him and grab and I mean jam, yeah just jam, jam. It, it wouldn't be good exactly, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I do um I do want to go back to kind of the original part of the topic I want to get you gentlemen's idea of uh, or am I seeing something that you all are not seeing but like especially right now if you look at one seventy you know pound division I would say that's probably a prime example where it's like. Just all these wrestlers that just kind of went to the top, you know. I, I will say, like you all mentioned, Usman, since he's gotten the title, has wrestled less. Um, I think part of that has been some of the guys he matched up with, like, you know, Kobe Covington, like uh, 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 um, uh, George. I, I think he could have wrestled uh, Jorge but uh no the his ex teammate I was thinking about um uh Burns Burns, Burns. yeah Burns. like Burns and some of those guys I understand why probably he didn't you know sometimes when you have really you know 
really good grapplers going up against each other. We know it turns into a kickboxing match, right? But in general, if you look at kind of those guys in that cream rising to the top of 170, you really have a lot of wrestlers there. And in general, it seems like, especially with the display that Francis Ngannou put on, it seems like we're getting into another one of those waves of wrestling rising to the top in a lot of areas. But it seems to be kind of an up and down, up and down thing. So I wanted to get you gentlemen's opinion on it. I think uh, I think Usman's going to be forced to wrestle here pretty shortly when he when him and uh, Hamza get matched up. Hamza's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that dude is a problem. Like I didn't even like him at first. I thought he was. Not necessarily that I didn't like him, but I was hoping that uh, Gerald Mershart was going to like – because at that point I hadn't seen him wrestle. I think mm-hmm. that he only had like one one fight or two fights, and he won like by like – I think that was his first fight at middleweight too, right? Yeah, I think it was like a second – yeah, it was something like that. I, I don't oh, I'm sorry. remember exactly. I'm sorry. But... Is he he's, – he's welterweight and middleweight, right? Because I know he fights I in think two he divisions. Just... See, I didn't. I honestly, I don't know. I thought he only fought at one seventy. I have but to check. That, you're probably right. But I know that that I like became a huge fan after the Gerald Mershart fight. That one like really made me like, oh shit. But that him and Usman go up, go up against each other. You'll see some wrestling, either some good takedown defense or good takedowns. Who knows? But I don't. I see Usman's already. Usman's trying to go up and fight like Jan Blahovich and stuff like that right now. That's what I've seen him talking. Because I know Burns and Hamzat are about to go at it. And that'll that'll be his real test. But if he runs through Burns, like just absolutely demolishes him, him and Usman's the next fight. Yeah, sure. I agree. Yeah, he uh, So he fought at welterweight and middleweight. He fought at middleweight. Remember when he was on that streak where he was taking like two fights in 10 days yeah. or some crazy stuff? Yeah. He was fighting then when he didn't want to cut the weight. He fought at middleweight. Um, I think, for one, I think it's funny that you think there's a ebb and flow. Like there's some uh, sometimes there's a time where wrestling doesn't dominate. That's cute. Um, but uh, but I think some of the difference though is me and yours perspective on on wrestling though is I kind of consider almost everybody a wrestler basically. Mm-hmm. So. Like, you don't consider a Gaethje a wrestler, basically. And and I get it. You know he has a good wrestling background, but since he doesn't actively wrestle, you you don't consider him a wrestler. I consider anybody that ever has wrestled a wrestler, whether they're using it or not. And then GSP, even though he doesn't have an amateur background wrestling, I take him in, too. He's like a, he's like a foundling to uh, wrestling, so we adopted him. But... Um, I think part of the ebb and flow to it, it's, it's like a lot how they say in the NFL, it's a copycat league. So when the Tampa two defense comes out and, um, the Bucks back with Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and all them had that dominating defense with the Tampa two, all of a sudden everybody starts, you know, finding a coach that can do the Tampa two, uh, the West coast offense at one point, everybody had to go to that because, these guys are so smart when you roll one thing out, then they adjust and they go to a different direction. You know, now we're going with the wide nine. I think as MMA gets bigger with some of these elite coaches, I think you get some of that uh, where it becomes a bit of a copycat league. Cause if you look at 
when people started kicking in that uh, perineal gland or whatever, mm-hmm. or the nerve, yep. you know, the, the low leg kicks, that starts working, all of a sudden everybody's like, fuck a regular leg kick. I'm only kicking low leg kick to that nerve. Mm-hmm. Uh, when John Jones started doing that oblique kick, mm-hmm. you know, some guys started picking that, kicking up front. So I think that's part of the, the ebb and flow, I guess you would call it, um, is that it's a copycat league. So as people switch to one thing, they make an adjustment to work around it, and then everybody kind of has to change. Mm-hmm. But when I was looking into it to kind of – find like a time frame where it was down to me it looks like it's just some divisions are typically wrestler heavy divisions Mm -hmm. and some aren't so i don't know and and this is me just kind of looking at it um you know on some of the stuff i looked at is i don't think it's so much like eras where wrestling isn't as big but it's almost kind of like weight classes that doesn't have a lot of wrestlers. So if you look yeah. at middleweight, middleweight is traditionally not a wrestler division. You know, Weidman had that title for a minute, but that was it. Um, 145, I think, has never had a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, that's that, that's been like the champion, so to speak. Yeah, no, I, I definitely would agree with you on the divisions, but not if we're going based on your definition. <laughs> right and this is the thing i don't disagree with your definition but when you never use your wrestler your wrestling i have to take you out of that category at some point right but like if if we look at if we look at middleweight the reason why i don't agree okay of course we got izzy as the champ right now right mm-hmm. <clears throat> not a wrestler not a wrestler robert whitaker where do you put him not a wrestler see okay I'll give you that. GSP. Wrestler. Wrestler. But he don't count. He he, he bounced up hey, and beat up his bang. Hey, okay. He, he had to build, right? Michael Bisbee. That's one fight. That's not even okay. a year. Michael That's Bisbee. one fight. Not, not a wrestler. wrestler. But now, Rockhold. Wrestler. Everybody Maybe. at AKA He's... is a wrestler. There's no yeah, I'll give you him as a wrestler. I don't like it, but I'll do it. There's certain camps you can't even go to unless you're a wrestler it's like team alpha male having somebody that's not a wrestler that's all they recruit that's what aka does a- right aka yeah yeah so, Whiteman. wrestler wrestler right for sure anderson silva we know he's not a wrestler let's not go there Fr- rich franklin <laughs> militage not guy. A wrestler come on rich franklin militage camp that's all they, they did. They wrestle out of his camp. I don't think he has any amateur wrestling background. He, and he didn't wrestler. fight with You adopted GSP, but you can't adopt Rich Franklin. See, I see some biasness here. That's <laughs> what I'm seeing, right? <laughs> so, Well, because I don't think Rich Franklin ever used it in his style. GSP became, he's got probably the best power double in the history of MMA. Rich Franklin is a wrestler. It. This is not up for debate. Evan Tanner. Wrestler. Wrestler, right? And then we go Bustamante, not a wrestler. The other guy, I don't even know him. Looks like he was the first. Mene. Yeah, I don't I don't even not know. Not a wrestler. Him. But so when we look at that, that's close to half and half, right? Now if we go down to some of the lower uh, but, weight classes. But one thing real yeah. quick, it's about half and half mm-hmm. if you look at the guys. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the time, it's not even close. So yeah, there's I been a couple of wrestlers that pop in. Yeah. For a fight here, a fight there, and then they'd lose to another long-reigning guy. Yeah, but what's tough about that is you have two of arguably the most dynamic strikers that MMA has ever seen that's in that division. 
right? That mm-hmm. kind of, you know, Anderson Silva had the title, what, 10 years or something, right? That kind of, like, it wasn't that long, but you get what I'm saying. I think he legit had it it's for close. like six or something, yeah. But um, mm-hmm. so uh, when you look at stuff like that and then, you know, Izzy's on what, his probably fifth, sixth title defense or something like that. So when you mm-hmm. look at that, you know, that creates a, a, a big thing there. Same as 170, right? But in the opposite, you take GSP and you give him the title for that long. You take Matt Hughes, you give him the title for that long. All of a sudden, it's a division of wrestlers, right? But we, we're not counting the BJs. We're not counting the the, the uh, uh, um, Matt Sarah's when he won. We're not counting, you know, going down the list. I would have to look at this. But you get what I'm saying. There's always guys in there. But I will say, and I agree with you, there are certain divisions that I think display the wrestling more often and that champion really has a wrestling background versus others and uh to your point 145 i mean you got volkanowski holloway mcgregor and aldo none of those guys wrestle right so i definitely agree but i also don't understand why right i don't understand how uh, you take Vol- Volkanovski versus Max. Those fights were very close. I had mm-hmm. Max winning. Give Max... Both of them. Yes. Give Max one takedown around in those fights. How does those fights come out? Max is by far the greatest featherweight of all time at that point. Well, that's how Connor beat Max, you know, with a little a takedown up against the cage, mm-hmm. like a little, you know, like a leg, leg trip mm-hmm. takedown. Just small stuff, but it steals you the round at the end if exactly. it's a close round. Exactly. And that, those are the things. I'm sorry, Tyler, I saw you trying to get in. I just want to say those are the things that I'm saying I truly don't understand why we're not getting more of this. And I sometimes, like... Cause that wrestling, that shit, tight, that shit makes you real tired too. Like on either side of it, especially in a, I know how tired it is just to wrestle like a wrestling match, and that it, I couldn't imagine doing that and having to fight for fifteen or twenty five minutes. I literally could not imagine that. Like I yeah, could. A wrestling match is six minutes. Yeah, and it feels like two hours. Yeah. Like if you're not in great shape, forget about it. And then I don't even. I don't know. I, I know that that shit tires you out. I don't. I don't really know why. Like, uh, why some of the divisions, like what you're talking, like what you're saying, I don't. I don't get that either. But. No, I think it, it is a... bizarre that a whole weight range mm-hmm. will just have historically abandoned it. it, it yeah. It's. I used to say that it's. I always thought it was weird that Britain, like as a country, yeah, don't like, wrestle. They're just like, nah, <laughs> we're just not gonna. We're just gonna punt wrestling. We're not even gonna try it. We're just gonna move on to other shit. And I thought that was bizarre, you know. Mm-hmm. Now Bisbing's working on fixing it. I guess his uh, his kid's like a a boss fucking wrestler and shit. Like he's a stud and shit. I can believe it. Yeah, I saw he wrestles son, out in Cali. I saw his son a couple years ago, and he was like, he was pretty young, and he was like, you know, damn near his size already. But uh, I think you brought up something really good there, Tyler. It definitely drains you a lot and make you tired. I've never been a wrestler. I can't talk about it on the wrestling end. I can just talk about it on the, you know, grappling end um, as far as BJJ and, you know, 
going to some schools where it's all groundwork and then going to other schools where you really start off, you got to get the person on the ground, everything like that. It's definitely very tiresome and there's nobody kicking you in the leg or punch you in the stomach or the head or anything like that. But I think especially in the, the 145 pound division, when you take a guy like Max, right? He has a nice amount of size over everybody. He's never going to get tired. You give him wrestling, you have a, a bigger 145 Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington is absolutely a monster because if you don't have Usman there, Kobe Covington's running through that division. He's the champ, right? For sure. And a big part of that is he has cardio for days. He can mix between wrestling and striking really, really good, and he never gets tired. A guy like Max that never gets tired, let's say you bring his energy down. Let's say the wrestling brings his energy down 20%. Max is 20% down his 80% cardio. It's still better than anybody else's. It's still 180% (laughs) of everybody else's. And now the difference is, especially if it's strategic and not all the time, like I said, in the fights like the Volkanovski fights, that ends up winning you the fight because it's so close. And now what is it also taken out of Volkanovski? Because if your energy is going down, mine is going down also. So now if we both drop 20%, now where is it at? Volkanovski may not even be able to get his punches off, right? It's a whole different ball game. And it's weird too because like Chandler and Gaethje, Chandler goes for a takedown, Gaethje turns into a scramble. It's fast, like constant, constant Mm -hmm. action movement until they create separation. But a lot of those, like if you take like someone who does jujitsu, you get a takedown they're not really necessarily going to try to like pop right back. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll take the takedown and lay, lay on their back for a minute, get their guard. So that, that also like helps it not be so draining on your body, but it also sucks being on the bottom too. Cause you're spending a lot of energy trying to work your way up, get somebody off you. But, well, and I, I think, you know, based on that comparison between, like, the the approaches, like the scramble approach of wrestlers and then kind of the uh, slow-it-down anaconda style of jiu-jitsu, I think you're right when you compare Holloway and Covington in their output. You know what I mean? They they set a pace, they keep a pace, they don't get tired, and they both do that. Mm-hmm. Where I think they're very different is in body type. And I don't, I don't mean just at the weight. Obviously, Max is a smaller guy than Colby. But, I mean, even in their weight class, they have different body types where Colby, Colby is built like a wrestler, you know. Um, Max is a little bit rangier and lankier, which there are wrestlers that are built like that, but they're usually more of a slick style of wrestling than they are a grab-you-and-take-you-down kind of wrestling. So I think physically he might be more, you know, physically adept to a jujitsu style where you take the takedown and you use your long libs to try and work, you know, work yourself a position, work for a sweep, look for a submission or something like that. So I don't know if that's the thing. 
if you look at Colby and Max, you can just see one of them's able to generate more power. And sometimes that's the difference in finishing that takedown or not. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. But this is where I would disagree. <laughs> I would mainly agree with what you said, but this is this is where I would disagree. To me, if 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 I'm looking back and I'm saying, okay, if I turn Max into a wrestler, based on what you talked about, body type, but still with cardio output and all that, who would he be? John Fitch. Yep. John Fitch with more cardio. John Fitch was never the biggest guy. But at 170, if your name was not GSP, he's grappling the shit out of you. Period. <laughs> right? So I, I think that, and once again, John John Fitch was never known. He wasn't a power punch or anything like that. Everything about him was volume, right? Everything about him was nonstop. So if we take that and we take what's so great about Max is what he already has in his arsenal for stand-up, and now once again, he doesn't even truly have to become a Fitch or a Kobe Covington that's relentless with takedowns. The only thing he needs is a threat of a takedown. Like I said, one takedown per round changes everything. He's the greatest feather. I still think he's probably the greatest featherweight of all time, but it's not even a question. If he has one takedown per round in that Volkanovski fight, you know, it's, it's not even being questioned. So I think the difference there is, especially when you've developed your stand-up to where it's really, really good, you don't have to be Khabib in wrestling. Khabib has to be Khabib because of the opposite. His wrestling's so much bigger than his stand-up. His stand-up to me is average. You know, it's it's especially at at 55. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's average. So, but because his wrestling is so high level, and it makes people scared. You don't even want to get close to the guy, right? And that allows him to now get punches off and everything like that. It, 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 and even when you're trying to keep your distance, Khabib's wrestling is so good. He does a lot of things that I think people would consider to be wrong, but they work for him. He shoots way further out than any. Like, who shoots that far out? Khabib does it. It works. And if he doesn't get you, what you know is, if he can, if his pinky touches you, He's not going to stop in that sequence until you get to the ground. It's not a, oh, I didn't get him. It's a second move, a third move, a fourth move until you're on the ground and I'm mauling you. So I think you don't have to be at that level if you're a Max or if you're, you know, some of these other people, name it, if you're a Gaethje, right? Gaethje comes out and he fights Chandler and he mixes in some wrestling there. Now, I know they just fought, but you get what I'm saying. And he mixes in some of his wrestling, and he throws a couple takedowns in. Now, everybody loved that fight. It was a great, exciting fight. But it's a very, very dominant fight if he does that, right? And um, I definitely think that he's going to need some good offensive wrestling going up against Oliveira because Oliveira's ground game is very, very slick. And if that goes to the ground, if he can keep it on the feet, I think he can win on the feet. But if it goes to the ground, you got to be prepared with some really good offensive wrestling because Oliveira's really slick. 
See, I think he's going to have to come heavy with some good takedown defense for sure. I think I think he wants, he's going to try to keep it on the feet for sure. I would against Oliver. <laughs> but I think he needs good to have good takedown defense. And, like, when you were talking about Khabib, like, I've, I've seen Khabib let off the ugliest takedown, like the ugliest shot i ever seen in my life. Yes. He literally <laughs> dove. I don't even – he barely got it, too, because McGregor almost – McGregor almost got, like, a reversal on him. The very first takedown in the first round, he shoots from, like – he just dives head down, facing the mat, shoots for an ankle from, like, six feet away. Mm-hmm. But he also uses his wrestling real good, too, because, like, obviously, like, you have a cage. I never fought in a cage, so I don't know. But even just, like, thinking about it, that would be the most – aggravating thing ever if someone was constantly trying to take you down and eventually you got a wall behind you you can't even get your hips you can't get your hips back you can't you're just pinned between a wall yeah you can't do nothing if someone's shooting a heavy double leg on you or just constantly putting that pressure on you and you literally can't get your hips back that would be a terrible feeling yeah, a lot of a lot of wrestlers actually hate on Khabib because that you know, I mean, for one, Dagestani wrestling's a little bit different, but mm-hmm. people really hate on him with those uh those far shots because that's not typical wrestling, and uh, you know, I get that, but Khabib's chain wrestling is next level, and chain yes. wrestling is wrestling. Yes. So whatever uh wrestling cred he loses for those far out sloppy shots. I feel like he more than gets back with his train wrestling because, like you said, if if Khabib even gets a pinky on you, you're going down. And and that's what's so impressive. A lot of people, if you rewatch that Connor fight, Connor had some of the best takedown defense that I've seen in a long fucking time because Khabib gets those people down, and uh, Connor is really able to defend himself pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did I did want to say fucking John Fitch, man. Um, I'm pissed that, so not only did you get me with the deep pull, but you had to pick a big 10 guy to do it. That's bullshit, man. That's dirty pool. I have to do what I can do to win these debates. You know, <laughs> I do have, cause I was like, for sure that checks out. And as soon as you said, John Fitch, I was like, oh, fuck. Skinny ass. pick a fucking an outlier motherfucker that been in the regional circuit for the past, uh, you know, eight years that was but yes, only that because check of, out john fitch was a skinny that wasn't dude. because of skill though that was because of beef with the ufc and we know how that works out well, but for sure i do have two questions for you guys that um uh unfortunately lock kind of and threw one of them out there and answered it <laughs> but i do have two questions for you guys and then uh we'll probably get ready to re- wrap this one up but I do want to know who you think has, you know, the all-time best MMA wrestling that really, you know, transitions well over to MMA. And then in today's MMA, who do you think is kind of that person that really just, you know, puts the wrestling and the striking and everything together really, really well for MMA wrestling? And for the one, the person you're picking for today's MMA Try to make it a person that's fought within the last year. Because we know a lot of people that's, you know, shortly removed, you know, from the sport. But I'm really thinking about, like, a person that's kind of doing it now. I would probably have to say, and I don't, and I, and I don't even like, I don't even like his ass either. But probably uh, 
Islam Makovic is probably the best like MMA wrestler right now. That's a good one. That's a good one. I would say, as far as right now, the best MMA wrestler, I would say Kamara Usman. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, you know, we've seen in the Woodley fight that he can dominate a real wrestler. And I believe Woodley was a D1 All-American. Kamara Usman was a D2 All-American. But he dominated and a manhandled him mm-hmm. in that fight. And he's developed as needs developed, you know, other skill sets because he's just one of those fighters. I think he kind of takes over the GSP mold of the real cerebral fighters that come in and game plan and every fight they bring a new tool, you know, so I think he's that kind of guy. But I would say he's, I would probably put him up there right now as the best MMA, you know, wrestler mixed, you know. Yeah. One thing I want to throw out, it kind of strays away from the question, but it was something we were talking about earlier. We were talking about Gaethje and Usman. Like with their wrestling, them using mostly stand up, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking like, all the top fighters that because they they're under Trevor Whitman out in Colorado. Every person mm-hmm. who fights under Whitman is just strictly stand up. Like both like both of those guys train their stand up improved like tremendously after going to Whitman. But every Rose, mm-hmm. Gaethje, uh, Usman. Uh, What's it? Sanhagen. They're all now. They're all like strikers. And Rose is a pretty good grappler too. She used to like. No, she used to be pretty much a grappler first type Mm -hmm. fighter, and she's definitely became a kickboxer. Yeah, good point. I Um, didn't think about Whitman in that you know in that context, and I'm a big fan of uh, Trevor Whitman and what he's done with a lot of the fighters. So that's a. That's a good one. As far as the question for um, today's MMA, I definitely would put it between Usman and Covington. The only reason why I would give Usman the edge is because he beat Covington twice. And if Covington's the ultimate tiebreaker. Yeah. And if Covington's wrestling was that much better, that means what he should have did was wrestle the second time. Right. So, um, but then um, all time, it's hard for me not to give it to DC. And the reason why I say that is um, there's been some great, you know, MMA wrestlers. Of course, we talked about GSP. We got, uh, you know, Triple C out there, DJ. There was a lot of good guys. But the thing about Comier that makes me give it to him was most people do it when they're kind of even with the division or a little bit bigger than the guys of the division. DC was always the smallest guy in the division and you see him launching these huge guys. And when he first came on my radar, I wasn't a big strike force guy. It was late in the tournament. It was when he fought Antonio Silva, Bigfoot Silva. And then after that, watching a Josh Barnett fight and Josh Barnett is a very crafty grappler of his own right. And if I'm not mistaken, he, he's a, a catch submission guy, right? Catch submission wrestling guy, which means his whole thing is mixing in wrestling with submissions and everything like that. But you wouldn't you wouldn't put it on the side of jujitsu. It's it's wrestling with submissions, right? And he just launched him through the air a couple times, high crouching him, dumping him on his head. And, you know, Barnett's a much bigger man. And then, of course, we know what he did to Anthony Johnson that just 
broke him twice. So for that reason, I would give him the all-time. Yeah, so Daniel Cormier, I have to agree, and he's got the pedigree too. You know, so he's got the pedigree on paper, and he's actually got it done in the cage using the wrestling. So it's hard not to pick him. Um, you know, when you look at older guys, some of the guys that weren't mixing it up but were great wrestlers. You know, Mark Coleman was a really good wrestler. Kevin Randleman was everybody. Yeah, those house. guys were great. Um, also, a lot of people don't don't realize how good Chris Weidman is. Chris Weidman is a great wrestler. Um, but the, the other guy, the only guy I thought he could even come close to DC. And the only reason I'll still throw it out there is because it's very different styles of wrestling is Randy Couture. Cause you know, he was doing the, the Greco, which, you know, DC still does pretty well too, but, um, Randy Couture sometimes gets slept on for wrestlers because the Greco Roman style isn't what we think of when we think of wrestlers. And he was very good at that, which helped him do other MMA stuff like the dirty boxing and pushing him up against cage and stuff like that. I think you and I ended up talking about it on one of the podcasts or we talked about it in person, how that is such a lost art that needs to come back. In my opinion, nobody really has really good cage offense anymore. It's only trying to take a person down or get broken up. There's no real, you know, put them up against the cages, just beat them up against the cage and elbow them. And like you said, the dirty box and everything like that. That's another thing that I believe that is a lost skill that would be effective in today's MMA because you have too many guys that get pushed against the cage that really don't do enough to get away from the cage and they're primed for that dirty boxing. And believe it or not, the last person that used to do that is a person that we talked about recently, and that was uh, Joanna, JJ. She had some of the best against the cage, dirty boxing, elbows, everything like that. And a lot of that got lost, unfortunately, it seems like when she went over to ATT. I think Poirier has pretty decent, like, uh, he'll... That seems where he gets a lot of his finishes is like teeing off against the cage. But I do agree. I always see people like each, each person have an underhook fighting for It's like I can't stand. I don't like watching that when they do that because either one of them could put the other one against the cage or just break apart or you know what I mean. I do agree with that because I can't stand watching that. Okay, last question. and I'll let you all dive in for anything else you, you want. But last question is specifically – I'm putting Tyler on the spot for this. <laughs> Both of you all can add answer, but I'm putting Tyler on the spot for this one. Um, who's a person that has that wrestling pedigree coming up in MMA right now or about to enter MMA that we, you think we all should be watching out for? They can already be in the MMA kind of coming up or about to come over to MMA that you feel like we should be watching out for. Bo Nickel. Bo Nichols coming, baby. He's got he's got the he's got the best wrestling right now coming. I mean, I can't necessarily say that because you still got to be able to mix it in with fighting, which is totally different. But that's who I'd put up there with a wrestler going in MMA. And he, he, I mean, he already has a couple fights, so we'll see how he does. Nice. What league is he in right now, or organization? Uh, 
I honestly don't even remember the name of it. I'll have to check. Some, I couldn't even tell you the name of it, to be honest with you. No worries. Locke, what you got for us? My bad. I didn't realize I was muting. Uh, he's over in Island Fights. And okay. he's uh he's still okay, fighting yeah. amateur. He had two fights in 2001. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's who I was going to go with, Bo Nickel. But only because Tyler hipped me back. Hit, hit me to him back when he was at Penn State and he was a beast there but yeah that's uh that's the guy you want to watch out for man and he's fun to fight he's probably he's probably the best wrestler I've ever seen like I've never seen anybody just run through people like he does it's not even funny it's actually like embarrassing like <laughs> you're the number two guy in the country and he'll just ball you up and 30 seconds like you're a little kid it's it's crazy to watch honestly i've never seen anything like that ever in this and he won his uh do you know what he won a second fight by knockout too what camp is mm-hmm. he what camp is he what is he what in the uh big camp right now as far as mma goes yeah he's uh he's at american top oh, you team. don't know yeah that's what i was gonna uh, say down okay. to florida gotcha <laughs> i probably would have went to uh AKA and and it's funny because historically I'm not a huge fan of AKA but not for the reason of I think they put out great talent but back in the day and you definitely will remember this lock something about their training their fighters were always hurt if you remember in the early days I was 0% a Khabib fan and it was because so many people in our fight group would always Oh, Khabib, this could be, and I'm like, he hasn't fought anybody. The guy's hurt. Like, you know, he fights like every two years because he's always hurt. And over at AKA, if you remember, it was a whole string of that. All those guys, they win a belt and then be out for a year or two, you know, hurt. And you had so much of that over at AKA where I felt like something was going on in their training where it was a little bit too hard, maybe close to fights and whatnot. But especially when you take wrestlers and you put them in that environment, they really do a good job of turning wrestlers into MMA fighters. Hey, and he's a, he's not a young, like upcoming guy or whatever. He's in Bellator, but he's about to fight for the middleweight, uh, middleweight belt that uh, Austin Vanderford, mm-hmm. uh, P- mm-hmm. Paige Van yeah, Zandt's he's husband. Too. He's like an NA, yeah. NAIA national champion or something. He's He's a good wrestler, man. He's undefeated yeah. too, I think, in fighting, isn't he? I don't think <laughs> yeah, he's I think lost he's a about to fight. Uh, what's his name though? The guy with like a million fights that used to be in the UFC. Oh, uh, wait. Who I'm are you trying to think? Pitbull? I saw it recently. Who, who's he? Who's he fighting? Who's the no, champ it wasn't over Pitbull. there? It wasn't Pitbull. Um, yeah, I'm Is trying it to remember. It's Gegard, it right? Pitbull. Yeah, yeah. Musasi. I think it's that's Gegard Musasi. That's a that's a tough yeah. fight, but we'll see. You know, if he if he could beat yeah. Gegard, then he's legit. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, so that pretty much, I pretty much asked everything I had, got as much insight as I needed. Anything, you know, anything else you gentlemen want to throw in there? No, I think um, more wrestling based pro. Uh, content man you know you're always trying to talk about submission grappling tournaments and shit you know we need to talk more amateur wrestling i got one i got so one said, question we, 
all grappling. I got one question for you, DC. Yeah, go ahead. What wrestler yes. would you most want to go see participate in some whack ass submission grappling tournament that nobody wants to see? <laughs> Listen, I want to see Usman versus Kobe Covington in an all grappling match with submissions. Submissions and points. I don't want it to be pure uh, submissions, so nothing like an EBI. I don't think it's the format for them. But definitely maybe like ADCC rules, but, you know, no gi. I would love to see that. We've seen them fight twice, but I we saw almost no wrestling in those, right? I want to see those two go head-to-head. I personally think... Covington would win that. Like, I've watched matches, because Usman still will do once in a while, he'll do, like, freestyle wrestling tournaments. Who's mm-hmm. There's a fighter who looks exactly like DC. Like, he's young, he's built like DC, he looks like DC. I think he's out of AKA. I'm trying to think of his name. He's, uh... Mm. One second, one second. Okay. Well, he's, um... While he's pulling that up, yeah. I, the funny thing is, I'm not sure who would uh, who would win that between Usman and Covington. That's one of the reasons why I want to see it. I think Usman has uh, the power still, but I think Covington has the gas tank, and that's one of those you until you see it, it's hard to know how it's going to come out. You know, but I would absolutely love. I don't to even want to let him do submissions. I want to straight up put him in a singlet. And we're gonna gonna run them out there straight up, fucking college wrestling. I I think in a wrestling match, Covington's a better wrestler. For, like in just yeah, straight strictly like wrestling rules and everything, he beats Usman. Go on YouTube and watch Darren Win. That's Wynn. who I was talking. Oh, about. yep, I know, I know him. Yep, I know Usman exactly and Darren Win wrestled in a wrestled in a freestyle tournament. It did not last long. Win Win wrapped that one up real quick. Yeah, I do. I do remember him. Uh, I, I want to say it was something I was watching, and they talked about him, and I didn't know who he was, and end up looking him up on YouTube. Because okay. it's that stuffs. Once you start mixing in submissions, mm-hmm. I know like that that makes it different. But I think in a straight up wrestling match, Covington's uh, a little bit more ahead in just straight up wrestling. Yeah, I can go with that. Well, if you gentlemen don't have anything else, of course, want to thank our guest, uh, Tyler, for coming back on, gracing us with some of his wrestling knowledge. This won't be the last time you'll hear from him, especially on wrestling subjects. Of course, I want to thank my co-host, Locke. I never give him the thanks at the end because you all are just used to uh, hearing it, hearing him here. So, Because so, by the end, you're always <laughs> but, sick of uh, me. <laughs> exactly disagreeing with my points <laughs> but uh this wraps up another fat boy mma podcast thank you for listening and come again that wraps up another fat boy mma podcast if you have a topic for us please email us at fatboymma 55 at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media by going to links.fatboymma.com that's links fatboymma.com Thank you for listening.
you don't know 